Guys, if you love the show, please, please give us five-star reviews. And if you bake fatties, bro, let us know, man, because it helps helps us promote the show. Our friend Robin works really hard on helping us promote. And uh, this show is going to be huge. I really do believe it. I think it's going to blow up. And I, the, make, the best way to make that happen, because the bigger the show gets, the better the guests get. And I think we've been on a nice run. So, guys, before we give Evan the final word. Oh, real quick. See, uh, okay. Neff and I are going to be in Boise and Salt Lake. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. So, tickets are selling quickly. So, grab them now. And that's anything else, guys, before Evan hey, uh, closes. Yeah, there is a, uh, a poll out right now for whoever had the best costume on today's show. Make sure and answer that poll and then uh, have a great training week. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. And welcome to Cash Daddies. We are Banking Fatties. I'm Sam Tripoli. With me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Howie Dewey, the godfather. How are you, Howie? Good, Chris. I'm a... I'm Excuse well. me. Respect, uh, Fat Dragon. I- I'm going as Chris's sexuality. That means I'm hiding. Uh, and of course, on the ones and twos, uh, the man that makes everything uh, uh, spin around here, uh, Little E. Uh, what are you going as tonight, E? Uh, transitioning uh, Kurt Cobain? Because if you are, you're going to get Neff's dick hard. <laughs> I'm transitioning Neff. Supposedly. Transitioning now. The, 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 in the, the honor, in the honor of Halloween, I just want to say fuck Aleister Crowley. Get that right out of the way. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about this week. Um, we blew up. Um, Sam, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, about uh, your picks of the week? Well, I, I kind of want to start off by ru- working Howie's nuts. So Howie's week would normally be how we end this segment of who had the great week. Howie came, gave us some great picks, and his picks went nuts. On any other week, this Howie would be closing out the opening part because he nailed it on his fucking Facebook calls. So we just want to just fucking work those nuts real quick. Work Howie's nuts. Howie, great not great job. Howie, jump in, tell us how you feel, do a little victory lap. You know, I I just there was a time and a place where I saw something happen. I saw volume pick up as the stock was lowering, and I it, it was just at the right time. You texted me, and you're like, um, uh, should I buy these calls? And I was like, yes, now, right now. It was down to two or three ten, three eleven. And I'm like, it's getting ready to bounce. Sam buys them. And two days later, they changed the name and the fucking stock just jumped. The options went up 60, 75%. Now, I got out at like, 
I think I made 45%. You guys crushed it. You guys did better. Yeah, I uh, I got out at 60%. Neff got out at uh, 80 and 70. It was a smash and grab. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, we got to keep the nuts sucking train rolling. And first of all, uh, you know, our greatest week of all time. This isn't a nut sucking train. This is like a bukkake with nine dicks hitting us all at the same time. It just come everywhere because we all smashed it. E, why don't you tell us about how you did? E, how was your week? My week was fantastic. Absolutely crushed it. I mean, Shib, my, my, my pick of the week was Phantom. That was up like 50% at its high. So if... That wasn't even before the two weeks ago that I uh, suggested it. So it's probably over 50%. And Secret went off. Like, so many cryptos went off. <laughs> great book, dog. Great book. It was a great week. And then we did some live streams. You guys loved that. We got some donations. We got hella people in there. Chris talked about his dick again. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a great week. All right, let's not forget about the elephant in the room. Uh, the big, big dog in town. Sam Tripoli with two monster uh, jackpots with Shib and Mana. Why don't you tell us how you ended up doing Fat Drag? Well, uh, you know, my whole thing is I'm uh, on the train to being pretty successful. Uh, Obviously, Shib went nuts. Now, Shib obviously went up, retract a little bit, but still up. It's still up. I'm up 50% what I had. And then, you know, I go on Twitter and I see Lil E going, oh my God, fucking mana's going nuts. So I look at my mana and it went insane. And I should have sold it at that moment. But of course me, I'm a holder. I'm a, I'm a holder, dude. And I'm doing very well because I hold. I don't. 300%. Yes. Now, Sam, that, are, are well, you, you know, going, are, it was even more than that, though. You, Sorry, you, Howie, go on. You bought all these. Are you going to ever sell any of them? Yes, Howie, that is a great question. There's people in my life that have been begging me to sell. Uh, I do have a plan. I will tell you that probably when it came to mana, I should have jumped out. I made all my money back. Plus, uh, I would... I. I mean, dude, I mean, the amount, I mean, a thousand percent, maybe. I don't know how. Listen, you called, um, and, and, and you called Shib when it was at like 28 20, cents, 24 yeah. cents. You went in, you dove in, you showed me your buy. I watched it. And then it got to 44. And I told Neff, so mine, I'm out. And the second I sold, it went to 88. <laughs> It went to 88 the second I sold. So, you know, you should be washing. And that was the high that it got to. And there could have sold that. But obviously, if you saw Lil E's incredibly, incredibly poetic, very deep video, uh, like he is, I mean, he really is the Charles Bukowski of this group. His, His poetry, he's a wordsmith when it comes to the, his, learning that when you if you would have bought shib in no, last november for a thousand dollars i i forget the eloquent words that you use but what was it Ev, when you did that video that was so like poetic it was almost hallmark beautiful are you shitting my dick
Yes. How beautiful was that? Are you <laughs> shitting my dick? I didn't say it though. That's a. It's so popular amongst my generation. It's like you can use the sound, and a bunch of people have been using it on TikTok. We got ten thousand views on it, so I'm not complaining. Fun fact. Fun fact that I could talk about this because Neff's not here right now. Neff was in a, a, a band, a garage band, and the oh, name Jesus of the band Christ. was called The Shit on the End of Their Dicks, and all they did was gay covers. <laughs> By the way, everybody, if you're wondering, is he going to do this the whole show? The answer is yes. He yeah, is gonna he's going to do this. Gonna, do this. Now, yeah. now, for the readers out there, if you're looking to buy any kind of a crypto, I'm going to say this. Talk to Evan. Evan Evan has become literally a crypto fucking genius. He follows his shit. He watches it. If you, if you have questions, don't send them to me. Sam. Send them to Evan. Because I got guys like, hey, Howie, does technical analysis still... Is, can we use it on Cum Rocket? I'm like, dude, you, text Evan. Well, I have no or fucking Sam. idea. I, I can't give you any Listen, kind of advice. Here's what I'll tell you. I have feelings and I go with feelings. The technical genius on the show is 100% Evan. He he analyzes, he does analyzes charts and numbers and all that stuff. So yes, if you're just going with a dude who's got a feeling, I would like to just be one B. You can go to one A, Evan, and then when you're like, okay, Evan, what do you think? Hot hands, Tripoli. Hot hands, Tripoli. Was it? Yeah, dog. Hot hands, Tripoli, dude. Listen, there was somebody, and this should be a great question. And let we we should crunch the numbers, but who do you think? had the best run on the show so far. There were times when it was Howie. There was a short, brief 30 seconds where it was Neff. Too bad he's not here. And then, you know, there was times when, <laughs> when Neff, it was Neff had one good look. I want to, I want to, I want to jiggle Neff's Your balls tits? right they now. Go for it. <laughs> Listen, Neff had 50 jiggle. stocks in a row that just shit themselves. But if you remember, two weeks ago, Neff came out and Neff said, I don't know. I like this stock, MTTR. I like it. I don't know. I like it. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? Of all the stocks you've ever had, I fucking liked it. I like this. It was at 1850. I went in Monday morning and I bought it at 850. I sold it Friday at 2250. Neff, Neff crushed it. He crushed the MTTR, and I like that stock. So, you know what? I give him props. That was a good goddamn call. Neff is great. A lot of respect for Neff. A lot of readers coming in saying they bought options on MTTR, bagged some 400% gainers. Uh, I got nothing but respect for Neff and MTTR. Yeah, he's the first like tranny trans. I'm sorry, transgender. Who we've had that like we're so progressive. He absolutely called it right at the bottom. It, I, <laughs> and if anyone knows bottoms, it's Neff. <laughs> yeah, he's a total bottom. He's a bottom guy. He's a he bottom likes, feeder, you know. You know? <laughs> he he likes it when that thing bottoms and then it goes up and it capitulates. He blows it and that's it. That's when we should all sell. And and I I made I made. 30% on that goddamn stock in two weeks. 
So I, that's all Neff, man. I, I, I love that stock. But my question to Lil E, are you still holding your ship? I'm not holding my ship anymore. So you sold all that ship. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I gained some, I mean, right now it's going up, but like, I think there's better opportunities in the market and I want to allocate accordingly. Uh, so, well, so what are you looking at right now? E? Right now. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going yeah, yeah. to get into picks after we're the get interview into picks. today. But, I just want to talk about storage for a second. So storage, oh, dude, I sold my storage to buy more ship. Well, no, that's good though. Cause storage absolutely exploded today. It was up like a hundred percent and uh, it's the biggest piece of shit coin and went down to like maybe a and 25% it's gone. gain. Speaking yeah. of, it's gone. Uh, but hold on, Nev. Hold on. Me. But you. Please hold on me. Okay? Respect. But see, and, and I'd love to hear this, your, your thoughts on this, Lil E. Like, to me, I, I was saying this earlier. The utility of SHIB is that people are going to try to get as close to what I know numbers-wise, you and your math that you do with your numbers and mm -hmm. your charts and your calculating. I like it, though. I like it. The kid's putting in the work. I get it, dude. But what if the utility of this coin is to try to get it to one, one, one penny? And I know statistically right now, now there's even talk that these guys who created added more ship, which I think is just scumbag shit. No, 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 no. That didn't happen. Okay, coin, it was a like a a miscue in coin. If anything, cash. answer this. What do you no, think? But I got a question real quick. Hold on. Then, then I totally. So, Lil E, what if honestly, the utility of this coin is that the holders, the ship army, dude, ship army, is to get this as close to a penny as possible, and that's why you really didn't see it. Like when Doge went boom and then. Boom! You know, just like free fall. That actually went boom, boom, and now it's been doing this for a little while. That mm -hmm. there are so many people just trying to hold to see how long they can go there, and that there will be this this rug pull if it did get close to a penny. It, it won't be a rug pull. I mean, I the thing is, like, its volume the past twenty four hours every day for the past week has been in the trillions. So I don't think if that volume, like if the fad dies out and a bull market comes in, it's just going to drop like crazy. I don't think a lot of people are willing to hold like they don't have the, the mental toughness to see their money go down. It's very, it's probably possible if they start burning more coins, like trillions maybe, but just Which based they on market, did, market right? cap they alone. Burned the trillion of them. But here's the question, E, and you can answer this better than anyone. The guy that originally bought five billion dollars worth of ship right now it's it's not a rumor it's pretty much the guy lost his code he, he can't he can't sell it he lost all his shit is that so that helps ship am i right guys you know we crush it with our picks around here right yeah hell yeah well i want to talk to you about our crowd because they've been doing the same thing so what you got to know is this all around the world tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors our crowd analyzes companies across the global private market selecting those with the greatest growth potential then bringing them to you from personalized medicine to cybersecurity to robotics quantum computing and more in state-of-the-art labs startup garages and anywhere in between our crowd is identifying innovators so you can invest when growth potential is greatest early yeah same thing we do around here 
So what so makes our do. crowd different? Our crowd is the fastest growing VC venture capital investment community. Our I'm crowd's credit. Exactly. Our crowd's accredited investors have already invested over $1 billion in growth tech companies. 29 of the portfolio companies are unicorns. You know what a unicorn is, Sam? M mystical animals. Yeah, it's called one of them. It's called an amazing pick. And many of our, our crowd members have benefited from over 40 IPOs or sale ex ex exits of portfolio companies. Boom. Today, you can invest in Symptom, okay? They are innovating in the cybersecurity industry, a $22 billion addressable market. Symptom helps companies identify and address their biggest cybersecurity vulnerabilities using a simple solution that can be up and running in minutes. At this year's Global InfoSec Awards, they won Best Cybersecurity Product. Invest in Symptom at ourcrowd.slash cash. That's O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash cash. You can cash. join our crowd for free, okay? Just join it for free and check it out at O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash cash. Cash. The fastest growing venture, VC investment opportunity at ourcrowd.com slash cash. Cash. Bang some fatties. No. I, well, I it helps in that I can't sell it. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I haven't heard that, but like, even if you did want to sell it, the like, there's, you you can't. There's not really liquidity to do that. Like, you can sell maybe a million at a time. Ponzi, but, Ponzi, Ponzi. I mean, kind of Ponzi. What? You, you can't you, sell it. Like, like, like if you no, own no, no. You can sell it, but you can't like if you if you have five billion dollars, you can't just dump all of that at once. Like the price impact would be way too high. It's going to go down. But but I mean, if you had five billion dollars and you wanted to unload it. Not all at once. You could not do it all at once. You got to do it in sections. Yeah. Can I can I tell you my idea? Because let's say this thing gets to a pain. Let's just say Bizarro <laughs> Town, Evans, fuzzy math. Okay. okay, doesn't come true, and we get this to a penny, and then all of a sudden, Coinbase is scrambling. What if I take it and immediately take half of that money and convert it to Bitcoin? You can you can definitely do that, but there's like Coinbase or KuCoin or all the, any of these exchanges don't have the money to service you. So, but like, if you wanted to put a billion dollars into your account, they just can't do that. He's they saying there's no liquidity. It's not like buying Ford. You could buy, you could buy Ford tomorrow. You could put a hundred million dollars in Ford and buy it and people would sell it. And, the, and it may drop 25 basis points, a quarter point. But what he's trying to say is you, you can't do that with SHIB. If someone tried to do that, it would probably fall deeply, right? Well, what do you mean? Like, you can't just dump a billion dollars at once. Right. They're not going to let you. I mean, even on Coinbase, it only lets you go to 100 G. So yeah. you're never going to be able to pull it out like that. But that's it's what I'm saying. If you, if, so you can save in some hypothetical world. You did, you did sell a billion. You have a billion dollars of uh, USDT or USDC. 
Coinbase is not going to let you just be like, oh, yeah, here's a billion dollars. Let's put it in your account right now. No, you're, you're going to be it'll be like five thousand dollars a day or fifty thousand dollars a month. God. Like, I'll take a hundred years to sell it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Even you. So your account may say you have a billion dollars, but I mean, your net worth, I guess, is still a billion dollars, but you, you can't. So 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 what you're can trying I change to say that into these- Bitcoin? You can put it into any anything you want. But if I, mean, I have nope. a billion dollar credit, right? Let's just say, could I turn around and turn that into Bitcoin? Yes, but there's no. What I'm saying is, if you want that money in your bank account as fiat, there's no exchange that's gonna just say, "Oh, you have a billion dollars." Like, sure, we'll put we'll just put it right. In your so my whole thing is that's exactly what I think. So, but if I turn that into Bitcoin, now that's something that I could go. Let's say I got a billion dollars in Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. I could go, hey, dude, can I buy your house? Here's seven Bitcoin or eight Bitcoin. Yeah. That's my plan. That's called money laundering. Yeah, dog. I'm the money launderer. That's some money laundering right there. From what I do. Uh, it's time to address some L's around here. And uh, since Ness not here, uh, we do need to mention the fact that he tried to transfer some shib uh, to uh, Sam and he accidentally sent it to shib and burned uh, all of his shit. Good well, job. Thank you. My point on that was like Sam said, look, Sam came out originally and he said, I like shib because I think you're going to start uh, burning it. Now, I don't think he knew that Neff was going to be the guy burning it while he was sending it to himself. Or did I? <laughs> Respect. I mean, SHIB is burning coins. But so what have, happened there? They have a million billion. They have 589 trillion total, and they're, they're burning like 100 million at a, a time at like once a week. That's not, That's really not a lot. Money. That's not much. Yeah, I know. That's like nothing. Uh, exactly. Hey, stop shitting in my birthday cake. I'm not shit. Yeah. I think it, it still could go up. It could definitely run again. I think it could test new all-time highs, but a cent, I'm doubtful. Hey, dude. We'll see. I get you, bro. I get I'll you. Admit if I'm All wrong. we got to do is eat one more zero, and we're zero away from a penny, and then shit gets interesting. Uh, do we have time to talk? Uh, take any reader questions, Doc? Yeah, you know what else I'd like to do? Could you do me a favor, uh, Chris? You mean now, you? Me? Or should I do it? I want to go read some of our awesome... I got to be honest with you, man. Cash Daddies has some of the best five-star reviews. And we I'm got great people. Some. We got great readers. The readers are the best. The readers are the best. They man. really are. <laughs> oh, can I read a couple real quick to you guys? Absolutely. As long as Neff's not here, read the bad ones because you'd cry if he was here. (laughs) I want to say something about Chris and Neff. I wish he was here. Chris was so nice. He got me a workout bike from my house and he helped me carry it up four flights, five flights of stairs. So as much ball busting as everybody does on Neff, He's a wonderful dude. And, yeah, he uh, is. He's a good I, guy. And from what I understand, he took the heavy end of the bike, dog, to uh, save your ski ball shoulders from another dislocation. So here uh, we go. I'm gonna, read, uh, I'm gonna try to read uh, the best. This one's banking fatties from Baha Waja Ha Ha Waha Ha. 
Okay. Want to learn about stocks? This is a show for you. Want to learn about crypto? This is a show for you. Want to learn about cats? This is a show for you. Want to learn about the dangers of not taking care of your ring? This is a show for you. Where else can you have all this knowledge and be entertained for free? Nowhere. Cash Daddies is where it's at. Banking fatties paying for your butthole re-sleeving on the house. There you go. I mean, that's the best. That's the best. Here, this is called Cash Daddies. Five-star review. This is from Prolapse Urethra. Okay. Uh, just listen to Halloween. He'll set you straight. This is uh this is uh best intro song. This is from Fine underscore Honey. I legit jam out to that intro every time. All right, man. Any other? Good? We got some good ones. There we go. There we go. Give. Okay, this is from this from Wholesome Tree of Fatties. You need the show, okay? It's the only, it's not only my favorite podcast, financial podcast, but just my overall favorite podcast. All the hosts are funny and informative for a group of degenerates, okay? If you like making your money work for you and laughing your sissy school girl out loud, who doesn't, okay? Then jump on the bandwagon and bank some fatties. Oh, cat lovers are welcomed as well. Uh, okay, here's another one. Smoke Kush, throwback. Okay, this is from Awkward Johnny. This show fucks, okay? How he kills it with his weekly pick. Stands funny as a fat chick falling off a scooter going down <laughs> hill. And the cat boy loves to see talking about his hole and pole. Just listen to the cast. You'll love it and make dollars, okay? I'll read one more. Here we go. Best pod ever, Witch of Wall Street. Super funny and for Chris is so hot. I love it when he wears his hair down. His pics are always on point. Boomer Howie's great too. And thanks to Sam, now I have a, a bug out bag and started some building some survival bunkers. Thank you for the fatties, fellas. Math All right, Witch of Wall Street. Uh, All I right. Like uh, hey, hey, you, me. Uh, let me go ahead and get the reader questions, dog. Okay. All, all right. My real quick, guys. I would like you guys to show uh, Evan some love in the in the comments as well, because Evan is a hustler, and according to uh, Howie, the only guy who knows crypto on the show. So please, <laughs> he really uh, is, man. I got to be honest. Like, if you if you have crypto questions, god damn it, hit him up. Because yeah. he does it. That's what he does. That's his thing. Everybody has a niche. We all have a niche. What's my niche? Uh, gut feelings. Gut feelings. <laughs> feelings. That's my niche. What's uh, What's Neff's niche since he isn't here? Um, Harry, everybody off with bad. Harry seventies pussy and like cats that just like to lick. I'll take it. Yeah. All right, Neff. I mean, uh, Bizarro, Sam, can you read uh, reader questions? Yeah, this comes from John R. Going on vacation, will not have any internet for four days. Should I move some more volatile coins, stable coins, or let it ride and see what happens when I get internet back? That's a, that's a, that's a goddamn uh, happen. That's a very interesting question. Let it ride. Let it we're ride. In, we're in a bull market. You don't want to fuck it up. And if you miss... If you miss a, a pump, it's probably Good still going to be higher than you were when you left. I said, uh, fuck it. All right. This, this question is from Law and goes to uh, uh, Howard. 
I guess a good way to preface this would be what qualifies a stock to guarantee having the quality of, quote, after hours doesn't matter, unquote. Are there situations where these jumps matter or are they irrelevant? I, I personally do not like trading anything in the after hours because if you try it once and you put a market order in, you're going to get screwed either way. Uh, I don't like trading in the after hours. I would, because a stock can go up seven points at the end of the day and open up down 10 when the opening. So no, I, I wouldn't do it. For the record, uh, in Neff's defense, since he isn't here, he was super bullish on uh, uh, MTTR last week. And then yeah. I do know for a fact that he bought it after hours because he knew it was going to pump and dump and hump. And it did yeah, pump. Well, at what price? Because Howie D bought it at $18.50 after Neff pushed it two weeks ago. I bought it at $18.50 and I sold it Friday at $22.50. So how'd that work? Uh, from what I understand, he uh, he beat the uh, pre-market uh, by about 3%. So it did work out in his favor. And just to let you know, uh, in honor of Halloween, because I am house-sitting at Neff's, I do want to show you Bob's Halloween costume. I'll be right back. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, going back oh, to that Jesus crypto Christ. question, I have to say this responsibly. You can go on KuCoin or Coinbase Pro and set a stop loss to all that stuff too. So if you want to just set a stop loss, then do that. E, check it out. Mom is Dracula this year for Halloween. Just wanted everybody to well, know. Well, you know, that's it. awesome that you took a dish rag and put it around your cat's neck. Yeah, that that's great. Truly amazing. Hopefully you washed your <laughs> so forehead. Did you wash your jizz rag before you put it around your <laughs> jizz rag? Um, hey, so what you're saying is like you could put a loss on a crypto coin. Yeah, like a stop, stop loss. loss. Okay. Let me ask you this, Evan. Can you still put a day order in or a good till cancel? In other words, because here's the problem. Crypto moves a lot. So if you put it a good till cancel, which in the stock market is a year. In other words, I can put a good till canceled in on Ford at $15. And if it keeps going up, that's great. But if we have a really bad two or three days and it stops through and I get out at 15, I still lock in my profits. Can you do that in crypto? Yeah. I mean, on certain exchanges, there's limit orders, market orders, stop limit orders, um, stop market orders too. Like, like that's what like I've been a, using recently. And it's, I mean, I've been a lifesaver too, to be completely honest to save me a lot. No, of money. I, I'm, I'm 100%. That is my, my thing. Like, I want to talk about plug power. A lot of the readers bought it at 25, 2450. It's at like 37, 38. And they're like, should I take profits? I, I do think it's going how, higher, but personally, I have a good deal canceled in at 35. In other words, if things, if we have a huge correction and that thing drops through, I'm going to get out at 35. There's no if, ands, or buts. I'm going to lock in that 45% uh, profit. So that's important. You got to take profits, man. You can't just ride shit up and down. You, you have you to take, take profits. profits. That's so important. Uh, on that note, final question before we get to uh, our special guest. This comes from Secondhand Grand Slam. Hey, Cash Daddies, is anyone deep 
on XRP like me? If so, what are the price predictions once they win their case? I am deep on XRP. A good friend of mine a long time ago was like, hey, dude, get an XRP. It's going to blow up. Now, Neff said something to me that made me very nervous about XRP. So uh, now Neff isn't here, but Bizarro Sam, you talk to Neff a lot. Yeah. You say what, what Neff told both of us at our birthday dinner. This is just a theory that Neff is working on, but he believes XRP is too big to fail and the SEC wants a chunk and there's a good possibility they could come to a deal to establish themselves as a stable coin like Tether or USDC with the notion that they would be connected with the banks as opposed to Tether, which is offshore and operating under sketchy circumstances. So his theory is that XRP and the SEC will come to a deal to be the next government official stablecoin. Total theory. Now, the stablecoin part scares me because that means, and we'll go to the crypto guy apparently on the show, Evan, that is a dollar, right? That would be a dollar. What? Right? Yeah. So that means it's not going to explode the way everybody was predicting it because there is the talk that this coin is going to be the banker's coin. One but caveat. It's, just, it's like hopium. But one caveat in Neff's theory. What is hopium? Like you have, you're hoping you have a lot of hope, but is there evidence to. No, I know what hopium claim? is. I'm like, why, oh. what part of is what, what bizarro Sam saying that. Neff no, that is it's, saying, that or? it's going to be the banker's coin. I, I mean, it very well could be, but I feel like money could be better allocated than other investments while this case is going on. Cause it's not really going to move. Let me tell you something that Neff said that. that made a lot of sense to me. Their current price point already lines up with the stable coin. And the way they could spin this into a profit is to offer a dividend to its holders, which would effectively be the first dividend mainstream coin of its kind. And that is how they could generate profit. It's at a dollar eight right now. You heard it here, folks. Neff's not here, but I like his I, idea. I also want to say one thing. I'm getting a lot that of... You're uh, chewing tobacco and drinking at the same time? I'm drinking water. Oh, okay. Um, okay my apologies. <laughs> so, no, here, here's the big thing. Um, uh, I'm getting a ton of questions on technical analysis on crypto. And I've talked to a couple of my buddies involved with this. And, and this is what you got to be careful. There really isn't a finite technical net. You, you, they don't feel you can run real T and A on cryptocurrencies because of the volume situation. It's not like a stock where if you see a Ford with institutions dumping billions of dollars into it and you're like, yeah, it's got headway. Crypto you may see a chart, but it makes no fucking sense. So I want people to know that. Try not to do TNA on crypto. It's and Evan can answer this. It's it's a whole different animal. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna speak on that because I don't know much about TA, but Valley. You don't know and, nothing about yeah, TNA. neither does Neff. <laughs> Valley and Sats to one cent or space goat, whatever that guy's name is um they've been doing ca and i mean 
they're kind of their predictions or TA are, are right most of the time. So I guess I'm, I'm just I think you do guys. analysis. I just think it's like it's something that most people who aren't uh balls deep into it will understand. It's like you have to really understand the balls deeps of the details of a TNA analysis. Guys, should we get to uh, our, our guest? Let's get to our guest. <laughs> Howie, you want to go ahead and introduce him? Dog. Guys, we got a banger coming up right now. We got an ex Goldman Sachs employee, comedian in New York City. The guy's one of the funniest dudes I know. Give it up for my boy, Adam Mueller, man. Guy's awesome. All right, guys, let's get into it. Howie, why don't you introduce the guest? Guys, we got this week, we got a bomb show this week. We got my boy Adam Mueller, funny comedian, New York City. But not only that, he used to work for, let's say, one of the big guys on Wall Street. Uh, kind of my arch nemesis. I don't know if you can. Can you mention the name of the company you work for, Adam? Yeah. You want me to actually say it or do you want to say it? I'd love to say it because, you know, you heard my fucking Stanley Morgan joke on stage. I don't uh, mind. I don't, I don't, there's no reason not to say the name. Yeah. Who'd you work for? I worked uh, for Goldman Sachs. Damn. Oh, damn. That, that's Adam very... worked for the monster, the monster of the big. You were in the belly of the beast, bro. You yeah, were in the, the belly, belly of the beast, he brother. The you were monster. in it to win it. That That's you... very interesting. Uh, could you talk about your experiences on Wall Street? <laughs> that's a, what a specific question. Yeah, 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 well, like, it's like, very interesting. Neff, that like I, I kind of like the way you came out because that that sounds like a triple first question. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk? It's, about it's the interesting first time you- because that's what this show's about. It's about brother. Wall Street, brother Adam. Brother Adam, can you tell us what who you are and a little bit about yourself, brother? No, and, and here's my question. Look, yeah, no, let him talk, bro. No, Let's get to know. When this. did you start working for Goldman Sachs? What year? So I was I was a summer intern in the summer of 2002, and then I went back full time in 2003 through like 2010. Then I left and started a hedge fund, did that for three years. And then I uh, worked for Pimco on the West Coast Pacific for Bill, for Bill Gross. For Bill, well, he left a couple years into when I was there, but yeah, for Bill Gross. Uh, you Pimco, in, I've in? heard of that. They were infiltrated by MK Ultra. Keep talking. I'm interested, dog. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Now, I'm interested. Gonna, I mean, I can't say anything because it's awesome. <laughs> Adam, quick question. Were you on the equity side or the fixed income side? Uh, at Goldman or at Pimco? At, at Goldman. So Goldman, I was on the investment banking side. So, so a lot of a lot of M and A stuff, and acquisitions. Yeah, a lot of M and A stuff and some some uh, financings, but mostly M and A. So here's my big question. This is what the readers need to know, guys. The, the readers. You, you, yeah, the readers. This is what we call our fucking following. The readers. They're readers. <laughs> they're not listeners. They're not followers. They're readers, man. <laughs> They're people with below the average IQ. Wait, you tra- like you have this transcribed and then they read it. I get it. No, well, well, what it was is that uh, Chris Neff's never done podcasting or video before, so he's he was he's he's from a place where like, you know, where people read blogs. So he called yeah. our listeners readers, and I we just ran it. with. It. 
Tom, I love it. that's from another dimension that you will never be able to comprehend. Okay. Listen, guys. Fifth dimension 5D shit. Listen, Adam is regretting this so my badly ring, right now. My so, ring oh, so blown out. Adam, here's here's my question. The readers need to know this. You can't like I went to a beautiful university called Cortland State, where <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tripoli was his father was my landlord. Uh but Respect. You, can't just, you can't just send in a resume and fucking interview at Goldman Sachs just to get that interview. You got to go through like 20 pages of, I mean, how did you get in there? How'd you get it? Cause you're from Canada. You didn't go to Penn or Harvard or Yale. How'd you get interviewed at Goldman Sachs? Skull and Bones, bro. Were you in Skull and Bones? Is that how you got in dog? All that right, would be Yale, so wouldn't it? Yeah. Skull and Bones. <laughs> yeah, the Bushes, you know about them, right? <laughs> I've heard. Different podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, Howie, I didn't go to Harvard or Yale or what was the other one you said? GC3. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I did go to MIT. So oh, that's, snap. <laughs> that's how that happened. I did go to MIT, where if you miss one question on the SATs, you don't get in. It's one of those. So, so did you get into Goldman as like a technical guy? How'd you get in there? Um, no, they just recruited. I was at I was at the business school at MIT. So, a lot of people, so they recruit in two thousand and uh, I actually was recruiting with Goldman in the fall of two thousand and one, like a month after nine eleven. Um, really, that's yeah. crazy, dude. So, what's a job fair at MIT like? Is it like Goldman Sachs, all these like setting up tents and and handing out cookies, telling everybody to come and uh, yeah, like let, let me get this straight. You basically got into Goldman because our government created the largest false flag event on our nation since Pearl Harbor. That's how you got your job. Am I You're going to do this the whole show, Nap? Are you going to do this the whole show? Are you going to do the whole show? Committed, bro. We haven't even time machined yet. <laughs> Started. So Adam, um, how about wait, wait, what was so so, so Goldman shows up? You're trying to get on Wall now, Street. Now, please don't talk the rest of the interview, yeah, just, okay? <laughs> just don't talk the rest of the interview. Let's you just mean, do a real interview. You mean, you mean Tripoli? Don't talk, dog. Yeah, tr Bizarro Tripoli. Please don't talk. Go on, Adam. But they asked me um, if I knew the temperature that steel beams melt at, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> And then they said, you're hired. That's kind of how it went. It's not 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, dog. Neff, you've already broken our rule, yeah, which you're, is you're you talking. don't talk. Why are you talking? Just like, shut, you gotta, you gotta just stop shut talking. up. Let's get through this interview. Jesus we have Christ. somebody from the inside here, and you're just going to shit the bed. So go on with your questions, Howell. Yeah, so, so, so you, you get interviewed, and of course, Goldman, any human that gets interviewed by Goldman, you're going to take that job. Because oh, yeah. you've never heard of a lot of failures coming out of Goldman Sachs. Guy that plays on my 40 and over basketball league. This guy worked there for 23 years. He's got a house in the Hamptons, a $9 million house in Tribeca. And, you know, Goldman Sachs brings with it. That, that's like, I mean, it's Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. And, and as a Morgan Stanley guy, Goldman Sachs is a little bit higher. That's like, that's the, top, that's the cream of the crop. Yeah, I got I got paid ten bucks to host a five o'clock show yesterday, Howie. So I am I'm Goldman. 
I'm I'm doing them proud. Let's say so. That's the interesting thing because when I would start co- when I started comedy early, which was uh, in the '90s, mm. uh, I would always see like people who came from super professional occupations wanting to get into comedy. W- what was it for you that? Ma- now I don't know if you still do the investing stuff and do comedy on the side, or it's comedy your full time thing, or what was that transition like? Yeah, so you know, it's funny because I feel like I I feel like I see more lawyers going into stand-up than I do like bankers and finance people. Absolutely. But, absolutely. Um, and I don't, I'm not currently like, like I, I spend a little time managing like my own savings and stuff, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm full-time comedy at this point. Um, no, Adam is, I've known Adam for a few years and Adam, uh, he works harder than anybody I know. This dude is, he's out crushing every night. I did one of his shows this summer. It was awesome. Um, that's what he does. This guy's full-time comedy, but coming from your background, uh, as you know, most comedians have no goddamn idea the dinners you used to go to, especially <laughs> if you if you were an MA, it's like I want to get right into it right now, and the readers need to hear this. So you're an MA. Yeah. You're 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 going to work every day with these analysts that are covering companies like Ford. GM, Tesla, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the hard question right now because as a Morgan Stanley guy, I knew some of these analysts, and I knew when that outperformer strong buy came on one of these companies, there was a reason, and the reason was not always healthy. The reason was all a, a lot of the times hundreds of thousands of dollars passed in shoe boxes. What do you think of that? Um. Gosh, well, I, when I started, it was already like it was right after the research settlement. So we couldn't talk to the research side. So I don't know. I don't know if what you're talking about kind of predated. That sounds like Internet bubble, late 90s kind of stuff. It was. It was. By, it was by the time I showed up dot com. And it yeah. was like it was these. Com- but but I, th- I think it still happens today, Adam. I really think a lot of these companies that you see somebody comes out on a Monday with a strong buy buy the shit out of this stock. There's a reason that we don't know. And it's that analyst mm. that is in bed with the VPs or the chairman of that. What do you think of that? Well, that could be some, I mean, look, some, if, if, if uh, shady stuff goes on on the research side, we didn't see it on the banking side. Cause we just cared about, we just cared about getting the M and a business and then financing the deal, which is kind of separate from, you know, what the research analyst rates the company at. Right. You're right. That said, though, if like if, if the research analyst is shitting on the company, they probably don't hire. You know, if they, if they have an underperform, they might not like Goldman and they might, you know, go someone else, I suppose. But was it cutthroat? Did you see people like Tom's gone, dude? Did they like did the did they do it like Artie Goldman style from uh, uh, Entourage? Yeah, when, when, when you saw some of your boys get guns? fired, what was it like? Well, there was a, there was a saying: um, "Don't stab anyone in the back, stab them in the chest." <laughs> so about that action, dog. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's up or out, and and you work a lot. Like I probably for ten years, I probably worked a work? hundred hours a week. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say. Readers need to know this. When you're when you work for a Goldman Sachs or a Morgan Stanley, and you're on the IB, I was a retail and I was a retail guy. I dealt with private mm. equity, private, but but still on a small scale. 
$10 million accounts were tiny. $20 million accounts were tiny. Adam is dealing with like billion dollar mergers and acquisitions. Wow, really, man? What is that like? Yeah, I think the biggest deal I ever worked on was like a 20 was like 27 billion. Oh, Um, my God. Yeah, it was Johnson and Johnson bought a company called Metamune, which is probably like where their vaccine comes from now. So, uh oh, blood clots. But um, we didn't know that at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey. You, you know, you, you pulled off, you, you were, you were a serial, serial killer on a large scale. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're, when it's a $27 million deal and the feet of Goldman is, I don't know. I don't know what it was. 30 to 50 million, something like that. Plus like some financing and stuff. So maybe Goldman stands to make 75, a hundred million bucks like that. You know, you, you can't get shit wrong. Let me ask you this. You work for Goldman. Uh, you were there how many years? Uh, let's see. Well, summer 2002 until like August 2010. So I was there for like eight years now, eight, eight plus years. You, and this is what the readers need to know. You guys, you know this. I, I got friends in New York that did the same thing as you in, mm. in investment bacon, IB, M&A. That's a different that's a different game. Like I would have a long week and I'd work 60, 70 hours. That was that was a killer. I was making cold. I'm calling high net worth individuals, dude. You were work. You lived at the office. Like people don't oh, yeah. understand. You work for Goldman Sachs. You have a sleeping bag under your fucking desk for fourteen hours, and you're working seven days. There a were week, nap dude. rooms. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I went to work at like I got to work between eight or nine in the morning, and I left between like one and three a.m. Every single day. Every single day. Yeah. And that's much. Saturdays and Sundays. Well, Saturdays I might I might like not go into like noon. Or something and maybe i'd leave at like eight or nine and go do something you'd wait to the jets lose before you go in jets no. won today <laughs> My no, late, baby baby Natalie. adam did you decide to leave because these vampires were sucking your loosh and that's <laughs> oh why you God. ultimately uh, oh, the vampire out? squid is that what you're talking about <laughs> what's that dog the, the vampire squid so no, bro, uh, the Rolling Stone Vampire loose. Squid. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so Giant is that why sound. you abandoned the street to go fulfill your dreams? I'm sorry that uh, acting class is being done right now. <laughs> well, here's 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 what happened. I I was there for for eight years and uh, and I'd never been offered cocaine and I got offended. No, I, I get that, run. dude. I get that. That's yeah, like the one like, stripper like, in the room all by herself I mean, trying to fit in. Adam, you're like me on McDougal Street. I'm the only guy <laughs> yeah. that still doesn't get offered cocaine because they all think I look like an undercover cop. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, they also don't want you to have a heart attack. You're 90. <laughs> they don't want you to do blow and die right there. <laughs> so so a couple yeah. things real quick. Uh, you know, there, there's a whole thing about, I want to, I want to Goldman Sachs has some, uh, you know, uh, uh, how he can't stop jerking off to their website. He, most people go to Pornhub, mm-hmm. how he goes to Goldman Sachs, website and slow strokes that work there. Right. Uh, but you know, there was whole, like their role in the housing crash of, you know, blah, blah, 2008, I think it was, or something yep. like that. You know, were you there during that? And what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I was there through all that. I didn't leave till 2010. Um, was that uh, weird? Think, was it like, oh, fuck? Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy just given like the whole global financial system was kind of melting down and there was like a risk that uh, that it would all just completely fall apart. So it was it was 
it was uh, it was kind of exciting, but also terrifying. Sure. Like you didn't you didn't know if you'd still have a job every day because you know, people got Mac from Morgan Stanley called J.W. Save the day that I mean, Johnny Mac from Morgan Stanley called mm. and said, listen, if you don't step in, we're going to have a serious problem. <laughs> That's what happened, is the man. system set up for that? Is it is it kind of so crazy that eventually they almost budget in bailouts? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't think they have to budget it in because they can just uh, they can just create money when they need to. Yeah, from the Fed. Yeah, because all that happens is you know, well, now that you, you the Fed creates money, it goes into the markets. The rich get richer, right? If you own, like, that's what's happened to this. I mean. Through the the, the tr- what several trillion dollars was injected into financial markets because of COVID, and the stock markets are at all time highs despite the fact we went through a once every hundred year pandemic. And who got you know where did all that money go? It went into went into stocks and people that own stocks. You know the rich get richer, and um, and then eventually in theory, like maybe they increase tax on the rich to pay some of that back at some point when there's inflation. There's always going to be checks and balances, man. They're always going to try to yeah. just like stay right in the middle and keep keep the poor happy, keep the middle class, you know, happy. Every, like every 10 years, ass. something happens, right? Howie, like every the Internet years. bubble every happened and yeah. 10 years, you know, call it 10 years later. Yes. The, the financial, the uh, housing crisis led yep. to uh, every 10 I, years. You know, I've been saying so, that since the beginning of this podcast. Dude, but, but and honestly, I think COVID sad. was the 10 year event in the financial markets as well. It, if it wasn't did, for- did, did you did you ever hear while it was going down what was happening? Like, what, was there any because I had a buddy of mine who was doing mortgages at the time and he was like, dude, we were giving out mortgages to people that we knew would never be able to pay these mortgages off with mortgages that were never meant to be paid off adjustables. One day you're paying, you know, $2,000 on your mortgage. And the next week it comes up, it's $10,000. And you're like, what the fuck? Because they were giving out these high risk loans. And, you know, like the whole story was is that Goldman Sachs had basically set up a portfolio, put everybody into it, then took insurance out on the portfolio. Was there any talk of what was going on during that while you were there? Well, I mean, I, I wasn't directly doing any kind of mortgage backed security or any of that sort of stuff. But like, you know, there was when things were getting really dicey every couple of weeks, there was kind of like an all hands on deck, you know, meeting just to get some reassurance about, you know, uh, that we weren't bankrupt because, you know, when Le- Lehman went down, Merrill had to get bought by uh, Bank of America, Bank Bear of America. Stearns, you know, AIG. got bought by uh, JP Morgan. Like it was, you know, Goldman and Morgan Stanley were, were kind of next in the. And so everyone was like worried this whole thing could fall apart, but um. So they did come in and talk to us from time to time, but it wasn't like they weren't not the like nuts and bolts. Like a lot of what I knew was a combination of things you heard at work and just reading the Wall Street Journal every day. Do yeah, they, they have they, like a therapist on set like they do uh, on, on set on site? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it is a set. All right. Yeah, in a weird way. Thank you, me. It is a weird uh, but like they do on the show Billions, where they have somebody to go talk to when you're like, I can't close anything. That's Good today. Question. That's today. Not back in the day they did, but they yeah. do now. You're right. I don't think they did. They, you know, they had some nap rooms if you need to take a quick little nap. But I don't think there was a therapist. I don't know about you, Adam, but like when things went bad where I worked, 
We had a fucking Applebee's across the street where they sold $6 Jack Daniels shots. And we would run over and drink a bottle and then come back and answer calls. Why didn't you just like, take the bottle out of your desk, Howie? Yeah. Oh, that man. happened often. That happened. Why were you going often, across the street? Especially when the market was just fucking in 2002, just dipping like mm. 900 a day. And people were like, what happened? My, my account was a million. Now it's 250. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, those were like, you went through, you were in 2008. You saw what happened. It was rough. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. Absolutely. That's right. So let me ask you this. You're managing your own money. Uh, and obviously you left with a decent 401k that you obviously probably rolled over to an IRA. I'm guessing you did. It's all in Dogecoin now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Dude, these guys will be happier and shit. That's like, that's what you're supposed to invest in. I have no money in Dogecoin. So oh. ship, ship, baby ship. So, so, so you roll your stuff over, you start investing your, your own cash. Let me ask you this. Are you a diversified guy or do you like specific companies that maybe you dealt with back in the day mm. toss more money in? Well, I don't like dealt with back. I, I don't really own stuff that I dealt with when I was at Goldman, but when I was at, when I was at PIMCO, I was, I was managing like a $5 billion global equity portfolio. So I still, I own some stuff that I did the work on then. And that was like 2012, 2014 equity stocks. Yeah. Stocks equities. Oh, okay. What was your largest holding? Oh gosh. It's a good question. There's like big, probably some big, big, like JP Morgan or something. I oh, don't big, remember. Big bank stock. Yeah. So, so you, you are now in the standup, right? And mm -hmm. this is kind of why I want people to get from this. Uh, do you apply the same kind of work ethic to your standup that you do? Maybe not the hundred hours a week, but the constantly working on your brand and all that stuff to try to, you know, whatever your dreams or goals in, in standup are like, do you see that? And I say this all the time and I love standup comics. I, I just don't, they just get set in their ways and they don't necessarily see either if the game has changed or another avenue is open to them. They get set. They, and, 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 you know, sometimes you meet these people at comedy clubs and they're in the exact same place they were when you met them 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And like, do they actually want to go anywhere? Or do they just like saying they're stand up So they never have to really get a real job until they're 50. And they're like, what did I do with my life? But do you apply the same kind of work ethic to your stand up that you did, which is kind of what Joey Diaz calls, immigrant mentality dog dislike kind of comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah I, I i i do because i don't know how else to do stuff like i also kind of took the approach that like one if you treat something like a hobby then it's just a hobby so if you actually want to do it you got to treat it like a job and um and starting like later in life the only way to compete with some for, with someone that started when they're 20 is for me to work 10 times as hard as that so that's he, Adam's literally telling you like what I've thought about him. He's a guy that came in. I met him in the later years and he's got the reputation in New York of what's up, sweetie. You want to say hi? <laughs> Was he a creep? That is exactly my reputation. Yeah. 
Is he a creep? What's up, sweetie? Dude, in New York City, this is what you get. So, I don't know. Uh, Adam Muller will be getting absolutely awesome. And you're on Cash Day's podcast. Oh, it's Dolly. Wait, what are you dressed up as, Dolly? Dolly Parton. Irish. I'll tell you what. Are those Irish real? Dolly. Okay. Those are like, okay. Those are Speaking real. of creepers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Let's not commit our first sex crime and let this podcast go by. All right. Give me the fist. Night, lads. All right, guys. This is what you get in New York City. This is like just a, you know. No, dude, that's what happens when you sit next to the female shitter, okay? They come out and they see you. All right. So stop it. I used to creep on the comedy store chicks like that. It's the male shitter. It's the male shitter. I don't know what happened. Okay. So that was a trans. So that's why fucking there was a smile on Chris's face. Neff got wood. Neff got wood. So, so, but so, no, no, uh, Adam, Adam has a rep in, in New York. He's one of the hardest working dudes there is like the guy literally, he takes it as a full-time job. Um, and, and not only that, he, he's a good writer. His jokes are crisp, clean. He, that's what he's known for, man. The guy has great jokes. So Adam, is there anything that you you did at Goldman Sachs or in your other job, uh, uh, Pimpin' 80 Easy, wherever, what was ever the company was, um, that you apply <laughs> to your your comedy that maybe you see other comics not doing? I think like just keeping it all organized, you know, because so many times you think of something or you have a joke like every I, so many comics where I'll, I'll say, hey, I haven't heard you do the joke about the, you know, whatever in a long time. They're like, oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that one. I'm like, what? That's like your best joke. How'd you forget about it? And and so just having like a way to like catalog stuff where you can find it when you, you know, and, and being organized, because one thing to write every day, but you got to be able to then take what you're writing and turn it into something that you can say on stage and that people laugh, you know? So having a system for, for organizing it, a pro, like having a process, because we used to do that. Like the thing when I was at, when, I, when we were investing the, the at PIMCO, like I didn't care if any any individual like stock went up or down, I didn't think about it that way. Like, obviously, over time, they have to go up or you lose money. But team, effort. I just cared about the process of arriving at the decision was done properly. And I feel like the same way about stand up, like I'm going to have jokes that work. I'm going to have jokes that don't, you know, and we're going to sort through and 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 you know, edit and try them again and stuff. But like, is my, I needed, I knew right away. I just needed to come up with like a, a process and a daily routine that over time would like generate material. And then at the same time, just, I needed to get comfortable on stage and learn how to perform, which is just, that's reps and just getting up there. But the writing process was something that you can like, you can come up with a, a, a recipe and then just follow it every day. And over time, like any given day, you might not, arrive at anything useful but over time if you're doing it right you will that's that god damn it man like what he just said that's the law of success and i don't care what business you have that's any business what he just said that's any business i don't care if you're painting houses or pressure washing or or you're a mechanic but but if you have a long-term view and you're you're just trying to succeed every single day and get a little better that's it you know, it's basically what you're saying is be relentless. And that is yeah. to to all the people who I've seen be successful in whatever they're doing. There's occasionally people that get a cheat code to get there. But I always find that skipping steps will always come back and, and bite you in the ass at some point. If you don't 
master each step of the moment. And it is about being relentless. I mean, if you look at someone like Tim Poole, he was doing like six shows a day on his YouTube, and now he's a humongous success. That could be said for so many people. Like, whatever you choose to do, Mm -hmm. you got to do it full fucking throttle. You know, New York City... It's yep. got it's wonderful comedy scene. LA used to have a good comedy scene. It's decimated right now. Mm. Uh, it has it's had a giant brain drain, and it's trying to find himself itself. But the guys I knew who really like some like Whitney Cummings, who is mm. super successful. This woman would be doing stand up four or five times a night, just running from gig to gig, and her with her backpack on. Just to do, and that's every. That's who makes it, man. It's like you have to be unrelenting, dude. Absolutely, you have to be attacking constantly, man. Anything you want to do with life is going to take work. Nothing is easy, and yeah, you're right. And it's just those who just want. It's like you can take the easy way out. You know, there's always these people that you know want to get minimum wage to fifteen dollars, and I, I can understand that. But it's like minimum wage for a minimum job. You know, it's like there's a reason why it's $15 and or why it's under $15, depending on where you are. You want better pay, find a better job. Mm. Be your own independent contractor. I'm telling you, man. And it's just like you got to put in work, man. It's just how it fucking goes, man. Nothing is easy. You know, you always hear stories about your grandparents, like my grandpa had 47 jobs and he never slept. And, you know, it's like, that's just how it goes, man. Nothing worth anything is easy. You and when you watch Adam, when you watch Adam on stage or come into a club, you can tell he's, he's put the work in as far as writing, as far as honing a joke and trying it 50 times until he can get it right. He, he, Adam's like a perfectionist. He like, he's, and he's a great writer. Yeah, in my, my humble opinion, you go hard in the paint or you end up as a role player on the bench that's just going to go in late in the game to foul the big man. I and can't wait to you ask yourself. I can't wait till I meet you in real life and goes, wow, you're, you don't sound that retarded. Um, <laughs> I'll say that about you all the time too. <laughs> uh, Adam, do you ever overanalyze it? Are you ever? Do you ever have a, mm. a, a, a paralysis by analysis? Yeah, no, I think that's. I think like anything, you. Uh, there are times you gotta you gotta step it up, step away and switch up what you're doing and just let your brain clear a bit. But, you know, I think if you're if you. It's one of those things with, with writing stand-up or thinking about jokes, right? You can sit down at a desk with your legal pad and write for hours and, and nothing. And then you, you go for a run or a walk and like a there joke you, just pops in your head in perfect, yeah. with yeah. perfect structure and yeah. a couple awesome tags. And you think, wow, that was so easy. That just popped in my head. It took 30 seconds. No, it didn't. It's because of the five hours you were thinking about jokes and writing beforehand God, that got man, your brain going. That's a great point. It just you needed to let things clear and settle before you before you like coalesced into the bit. You know what? That that's the best thing I've heard. Like, yeah, but yeah, you're running, you're hanging out, and it just comes together. That's from the previous three weeks wanting to kill yourself. Yeah, because you can't find it. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think like there's there's, you know, in the New York scene, there's people running around doing four or five like open mics a day and everyone's like, oh, they're such a hard work. And I'm like, yeah, they are. And they're there. And some of them 
like they're doing the fun stuff, which is getting on stage and trying the jokes. And you got to do that. But the hard work, the real work is the work you don't see. And sometimes you see something like you're doing five mics a day telling the same joke in the exact same way. And it never works. Yep. So you're just wasting your time. Like you got to say it differently. Yeah. You're not I actually always, working hard. You're just having fun and, and not getting I see anywhere. comics. I see comics at Greenwich night after night after night. They're doing the same fucking time. It's like, dude, let me ask you a question. That, there's an old sense. saying that it's like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Sam. You said yeah. it. That's it. You're right. You just said it. So that's and, it. And the funniest thing is when people showcase for, let's say, Montreal, which is for those who aren't comics, is a used to be it used a, to be used, used to, to be. make or would would set you on this path with the industry. And reality is like the industry just loved to go to Montreal because they could get LA tens for fifty dollars right, right. like just turn and burns right it was like chris nephews to, to get tens yeah yeah yeah, yeah before he took the, the long path down transitioning lane <laughs> okay so so it's doing it over and over and over again if you're doing the same act that you were doing when you started you're not growing at all mm. You need to grow. You need to take chances. You need to. No, and Ad, Ad, Adam does that, man. Like he comes to the club. It, it's all—it's always different. You—you you, you have the same premise, but you always would try it a different way. And, and yeah, like the core is the same, but you got to try. You got to yeah, try some new stuff. Absolutely. Like I always say, the great thing about New York is you can come up with a new premise, a new joke, and you can try it five times and maybe get one laugh but you think it's got something. So you tried another 15 over the next three nights and you're like, okay, it's really got something. I got to change some shit up. You can work on that goddamn joke in, in a month. You can perfect that shit here. Yeah. You, you got it. You got enough times on stage. You can do it. But it's about, it's like, it's about the thought process between sets. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. All these people pretend to record their sets and they, they don't listen to them. So what's the point? Like, you got to listen and then make changes. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, man. Adam's a guy that gets it, man. He, he, he does. He gets it. And a lot of these young kids. Oh, Jesus. It's Adam. Like, I want uh, we don't we don't want to keep you all night. But so are you in the crypto at all? I know how he's very much not a crypto guy. No, you stop saying that. You're making me look like the boomer. I got Bitcoin, Ethereum. Stop saying that. I got, OK, I, so. I mm. love he doesn't like to da dance with the alt and the shit coins, right? The I think it's probably I think it's probably here to stay at this point. So I think it's real. And uh, I, I own a little bit of Bitcoin and Ethereum. And my my logic when I bought it was, uh, was very simple. And it was I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, but it was like, OK, I'm not going to if it goes to zero. I'm it's not I'm not putting enough money in that if it goes to zero, I'm going to you know be that upset. But I can't let my idiot friends that know nothing get rich and not participate. All right, but you know, I felt the same way. Never, I felt the that's same why, way. So I got to own some. Zero. Bitcoin yes, can never yes. go to zero. 20% has been burned and lost. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You deserve better. We can go you to zero better. if no one accepts it for anything ever. You know, well, that's true. Like, we're not going to accept it as a because right, the currency just needs two things. It needs to be a, a, a means of exchange and a, and a store of value. Well, let me so, ask you this, Adam. That's just you worked at Goldman Sachs. 
Goldman Sachs owns a, a few billion of Bitcoin. They own quite a bit of Bitcoin. So like myself, when Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, when they're, when they're all in, they're buying some Bitcoin and Ethereum, it kind of tells you it's real. Yeah, you never know what hedges they could have on on the other side of it, though. Explain. Like, uh, and I'm not saying I don't know this for a fact or anything, but I just you inside know, scoop, guys, company, inside. So scoop. Sometimes you hear about a big financial institution that has placed, you know, they're like, oh, they own they own what, you know, 20 billion of. Uh, I don't pick some Bitcoin, whatever, but they've got a, uh, you know, a, a put option on the same amount so that they're effectively their market exposure is effectively zero. That's a great point. And you God never know because some of those 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 options and stuff aren't reported in the same way. So you can't always tell from the outside looking in how they've hedged. But plays like Goldman and I'm sure Morgan Stanley is the same. Very rarely their their, their business isn't making bets. Their business is like taking a spread and, and, transa- and getting transactions. In my opinion is being the house and playing yeah. the spread. You want to be the bookie. You know, you don't you don't care who Absolutely. wins. You just want to take the spread. Good point, Neff. Good point, Neff. Excuse me. So you you brought up earlier, uh, I think you talked a little bit about the Fed, but without actually saying the Fed, uh, you know, you brought up printing money out of thin air and all that stuff. What is your thoughts on like what the Fed represents? You brought up the trillion dollars earlier. Uh, does it concern you at all that like a lot of these companies got bailed out? Now they're, you know, we see BlackRock buying property at 20% above value with this kind of a bailout money, which is like basically they're playing monopoly. They're using funny money to buy up real property. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Well, I mean, I'll, well, I don't know. And I don't know anything about the BlackRock situation specifically, so I wouldn't want to say anything. What have you, you know, heard big guy? out of turn? You have friends that work there. But look, I, I think in general, like it, just having been at Goldman and having worked at, at PIMCO and I, look at PIMCO when you're when you're a portfolio manager running, you know, mutual funds and investing people's retirement funds like you're you're on the public side. You're not privy to any private insider information. If you are, you're breaking the law. Um, so you're not. But there's nothing like sitting at a, a computer with four Bloomberg screens with the news on over here and and people in offices all over the world working for your company, feeding you information. You you just you you hear things and understand how things are working in a way that you can't when you're just, you know, a regular average person that doesn't work in finance, just trying to figure out, you know, where to put your $47,000 savings account, how to invest that. You just can't, you can't beat the professionals in terms of understand the information flow. Let me ask you a quick question with that information. Did he finish flow, his answer? Do you, do you ever find a stock, a particular company where you're like, I want to buy a little bit more of this than I should have at this particular point. I think it's going to rise. Does that ever happen? Um, I mean, it has over in the past, like more when I was running my hedge fund, you know, I would think that way, but you know, I think like the, for the, for, for 99.9% of people like Buffett's advice, which is like, have some cash and put everything you want to invest in the S and P 500 and just sort of forget about it is the right advice. Most people that actively try to do anything over time, just lose money versus what they could have done 
if they just bought the market and did nothing. That's a great point. That's and there's and there's much less stress as well. You don't you know. Great point. Um, and and like you know, as you you dealt with large businesses, like really large businesses that have billions of dollars, and they're out making their their concentration focus is how they're making money in their own particular business. So they're putting money with you and hoping that you're making that eight to twelve percent every year, and that yeah. that's. Truthfully, that's the smartest thing to do. But also like when 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 there's people, not me anymore, but there's people like me, like what I used to do, just sitting at a computer for 14 hours a day following companies. Yeah. And how can you compete with that if you spend half an hour a day in the evening looking at your Yahoo Finance screen? You just how do you how do you you just can't make as informed a decision and you're just going to you're going to get yourself in trouble. But if you have a few, you know, if you have a little bit of money and it's just fun. Like, look, I, I, I go to a casino. I play blackjack. Um, odds are against you, but it's still fun. So if you want to just dabble here and there, just don't lose your rent money. You know, do you ever look at do you ever look at technical analysis in like, OK, we're in a base right now. I think this thing is solid. It's a low. I can get a few points out of this. I'm going to go heavy on this. I think I can get three, four points. Do you ever do that? No. OK. I'm not I'm not going to say that I think it's garbage, but, you know, because there are technical issues that go on, especially with smaller cap stocks that aren't as liquid, where if there's a big seller, someone comes in and they're going to be a huge seller. Like, don't buy the thing. You got to you know look at the average daily volume, figure out who the seller is. And, hey, you know, it's going to could hey. take them a week to get out. So the stock's going to be under pressure until they get out. But great point. You know, but in general, like head and sh it's a double head and shoulders, triple top, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's I know it's fun to listen to the CNBC guys talk about it, but I don't oh, easy, easy. You say triple top around here. And Neff gets his dick hard. Because... Okay. Do you um, do you do you invest in a physical gold, silver, oh. tin foil? I own a little bit of gold, like in a, like, but not physical gold. I own a little bit of gold in like my uh, my retirement fund, but I don't you know, I don't have a, a shoebox with gold coins in it or anything. You own you own five to seven percent of gold which, yeah like I mean, yeah. gld or probably or something like, i don't remember go. exactly yep. something like yep. that yeah That's and that was just push. just as an inflation just just an inflation hedge it's it's gold is dumb as an investment but yet it still sort of makes sense that a little bit yeah i agree absolutely are you concerned with the amount of money being printed by the fed and where the economy could be going Fiat money. Do you worry about yeah. where fiat money is going? Well, every fiat currency in the history of mankind has failed, right? So why is it going to be different this time? So it's, what do you think is a great um, way to... It's just a question that. of like... It, but I, I feel like if you can't... Every... The, the globe, there's an art. You could make a very strong argument that the entire global financial system is a Ponzi scheme. Um, but it, 100%. It, it could, but it could be sustainable for a long time. Like it may last... Our grand, our great grandchildren may still be talking about, oh, that feels like this thing isn't is going to some bad's going to happen. And then it hasn't, you know, because you can print money and you can you can you can play with interest. The, you know, the, the Federal Reserve Bank and the other central banks can play with our interest rates and try to just manage the sort of the volatility. And you can go on for a long, long time. That's and, and, and I think it's in most people's vested interest for it to continue to work. 
So for that reason, like, I don't, I think betting against it is tricky. I've thought since like 2010 that there could be hyperinflation and it just hasn't happened. But let it, me but, ask you a question. You're talking 2010, 2008. We had the big, we had a right. quick beating. Now, let me ask you this. We've had a straight bull market for fucking 11 years. Like it's not, it's gone straight up. Yeah. There's a bit of a hiccup in 2011. You feel, Remember with the uh, sovereign, you know, U.S. got downgraded and there was the, so the the European sovereign debt crisis and stuff. But, yeah, it's been. I thought when Trump won in 2016 that the market might actually go down, that there might be some fear. And there wasn't like it didn't. That's not how it played out. It just he was pro business. You know, the ta all the tax, you lower all the tax rates and that's just more money that goes into the market and everything just ripped. And then COVID happened and there was that drawdown in uh you know what march april 2020 a and that was like bit. that was like the best buying opportunity since yeah. the global financial crisis yeah now, um, that, that was a lot said, of fun april 2020 that was a lot of fun buying stuff now with that being said do you feel that at some time soon we could see a nice little correction i feel like like i'd argue we're due but <laughs> that doesn't yeah. mean it's gonna happen right <laughs> you know what yeah. are your like, thoughts? Wait, I, I keep cube. I'm keeping some cash on the side, Howie. So if it does happen, I can buy stuff. Absolutely. Ab any, uh, yeah. Any absolutely. thoughts on the black cube of Saturn and how it could affect our current market structure? Well, when Mercury's in retrograde, it's a buy signal on uh, small biotech companies. So I don't know if that answers the question. Respect. Are there things that you would suggest our our readers look into? purchasing anything or investing is there is there anything you're you're looking to invest in that you think would be a good thing for our readers to look into well i'd say this i think i think and it could also be since i'm you know since i'm not investing full-time and since most of my time is trying to write uh you know dick jokes now yes! i am um, welcome finding he's like he's got, he's got good dick jokes Finding like a, a, a company that pays dividends that you can own for 10 years and just get paid to own it is never a bad, bad thing. Like that's, you know, some a, a, a not a meaningful part of my like annual income right now is just dividends from a stock portfolio because. So you like Philip Morris. I don't Hello, know what to baby. Well, you know, as soon as Pfizer starts. If when Pfizer says that we need uh, a booster shot every week, then buy Pfizer. <laughs> We've been buying Pfizer for the past six months on here when it was. Do a you do you ever I does your some. personal opinion of the ethics of a company ever come in to whether you'll buy that company by um, personally? In that country? Um. No, I'm more of I'm more I'm more just strictly what is like, what's the business outlook? Like, I don't I don't own tobacco, not because I have some ethical issue with tobacco necessarily. I don't smoke, but I just think over time, less and less people are going to smoke. And they've how, how long can the pricing power last and blah, blah, blah. So I don't I don't I've never really spent much time on it, but I don't know. I, I think. Um, what do you think about no. these huge rises in stocks like Tesla? Oh, what a fun one. Yeah, like Ford, um, like versus Ford and GM, because that's a, you know, is it a tech stock? Is it a car stock? It's, it's a, it's uh, a cult of personality stock that might. And the real question is, like, 
I have you ever you've probably you've ridden in a Tesla, right? It's fantastic. So yeah, it's a absolutely. it is an yeah. amazing car to ride in. Like I haven't driven one. I've just been a passenger. I'd love to try driving one. But in um, New York, they're all Teslas now. All the all the electric. Well, uh, one of the big uh, one of the big auto uh, car rental companies just announced they're going to spend Hertz. a load of money on electric vehicles. And that was great for Tesla. And look what's happening. Like GM is becoming an electric vehicle company. And so is everyone else. Look at Ford. Yeah, and we're gonna ten years from now we're gonna be talking about all these kids that are dying because they live near a fucking lithium battery dump. Because <laughs> what do you do with these? These batteries are so dirty, and once these cars are around for five or ten years and people junk them, what what happens with these nasty batteries? I don't know. They get dumped in a lake somewhere, and people are gonna drink the water. That's what's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, like 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 me in Evans' hometown, Hoosick Falls. They get dumped in there. We're gonna drink more, and we're all gonna have a third nut. Yep. Which we're, we're going to be lethal. That's well, so my nuts are already huge from the vaccine. So. <laughs> <laughs> so final question, because we don't want to keep you all night. Um, if you were a brand new investor, what would you, mm. your suggestions be? Today? Yeah. As a brand new investor, I'd, and I'd, I'd probably say like put half. I'd put 50% of it. The, the money that I can afford to invest that I don't need in the next five years to, to spend on anything. I'd say just put half of it in the S&P 500 and keep the other half in cash and and, and watch if the market goes down 20, 30 percent, you know, put some more in. That's interesting. Uh, second final question. Do you get hard uh, when you see a twerking Israeli? <laughs> Does anyone not? That doesn't even seem fair. Yeah. Respect. Uh, Adam, That's like seeing a leprechaun. I don't think that exists. Yeah. Oh, they're twerking Israeli. Israeli soldier videos twerking is. So Are they real? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Go check it back out. on TikTok. Yeah, uh, there we go. Adam, uh, you are wonderful. Uh, you deserve better. And uh, we appreciate you. Uh, uh, you probably won't talk to Howie after this. So our apologies for that. And, I will uh, make sure that his robe is closed if I do bump into him. Uh, okay. Can you tell our fans where they can find you? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram, Adam.Mueller, but it's uh, M-U-L-L-E-R. So Adam.Mueller. Um, that's the best place to find me. Yeah. All right. And, and look, guys, listen, he, Adam is, he makes me laugh. He's one of the few comedians I watch my, I laugh. He, he's, he's got well-written. Neff is in the room. Food. He can hear you. <laughs> All right, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. Hey, for thanks for having for me. Us. Next time we'll make sure you don't come on on a holiday. You, you don't want to be for our Thanksgiving day show. It's really rough. <laughs> Uh, well, Thanksgiving for me was in October. So, <laughs> Adam, uh, we're grateful for you coming on. You're a beautiful young Christian warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but thank you. Right to the end. Respect. Right to the end. Respect. All right. All right. Thank you, Adam. Ah, shit. I have one more question for him. Did he get to the level where he drinks the baby's blood? That was the question I wanted to ask him. Yeah, I had another two about Tartaria, but it'll wait until our next Fuck, episode. I had that question. I was like ready, and then it ended, and I felt bad. Anyways, great analysis. Uh, thank you, Howie, for getting your buddy on. Uh, we're deep into this show, so let's get into it. Let's go around the horn. Who's got some picks? We'll go with Bizarro Sam. Uh, okay, Bizarro Sam. Uh, first of all, dog, you've heard me talk about it. Taking... The digital to physical. I have several investments. First of all, I am into Beanie Babies. All right? This is where I'm putting... Excuse me? 
I'm not against that. This is one of the most expensive Beanie Babies on the market I expect to, f- to fly in the next few weeks. It's Fuchsia Jizz. So uh, get yourself some Fuchsia Jizz Beanie Babies. Secondly, okay. you've heard me talk about it. I like vintage currency. Well, I went hard in the paint with some silver certificates. All right? These are dollar bills. These are pieces of silver that I carry around in my pocket when I want to make it rain silver. All right? Lastly, zombie apocalypse. You know what's coming. What are you going to do when you're Caltech jams? You're going to go machete style. All right? Pick yourself up a machete and keep it under your Is that bed. a real machete? Fuck right it is, dog. You keep yourself a machete under your bed at all times. I wear mine on my back, romancing the stone style like Michael Douglas. Get a machete. I'm not against any Finally, of that. finally, my last and my most important pick is, if you'll notice on my hat and look closely, oh, I am in a secret society. I <laughs> highly recommend joining a secret society. They've been around since the beginning of time. The Rothschilds. You ever see the Da Vinci Code dog? That's a secret society. That's not technically a secret society, but go on. Skull and bones. It goes on. This is where you're going to get your information from. In the locker rooms, after you play a game of squash with one of the Bush's relatives, they're going to tell you what to buy. That is why you join a secret society. So that is your pick. Join a secret society. And machetes, silver certificates, and beanie babies. I'm okay. tweeting this right now, and I'm just going to put a bunch of question marks so that beat readers can <laughs> really figure this out. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? We'll, we'll go with Evan. And what is your pick? All right. First pick of the week is going to be Triaz. You can find this on KuCoin. The Chinese Mafia? They do have to do with China, so I, that's going to be a point of a talking point because I know a lot of people are like, fuck anything that let's do with China. I'm not investing in that shit. No, man. If the they're making money. You got to get out. Okay. All right. All right. Can we beep that one? Can yeah. we beep that one? All right. Listen, I mean, I'm man, all no, for those, it, but if those, Evan has if those, a future. If, if those are on board, you got to buy it. Okay. Okay. Another beep. Okay. Let's keep beeping uh, this shit. Oh, I can't believe a guy in a white robe is dropping off. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're working with over 100 companies. Their mission is just to make sure software is doing the job that software is supposed to do. Um, and it has a 10 million total coins. So if you look at other coins that have a total of 10 million coins, they're sitting well over several hundred dollars right now. This is at where, where can you get this? KuCoin. Oh, it's like only on KuCoin right now. That's another KuCoin. thing. It's not on any like big exchanges. How do I join KuCoin? You literally just type in your number and then get some funds and you're, it's like a don't ask don't tell they don't they could not care less it's great yeah it's okay, called Death's so it's favorite exchange. glory hall in west hollywood no, it's, it's a big exchange but i'm it's trying at- to think my act is very easy to imitate and i think i need to mix it up it's at 19 dollars right now and my second one is chain link all the all the uh coinbase coins are about to pop off uh you saw it mana uh anchor popped off a little bit I think uh, chain links up soon and it's vastly undervalued. Like it's just disrespectful at this point. So chain link I'm loading respect, bro. Respect. Yeah. You got to listen. Dog. Look, If you're in a crypto, you listen to Evan, man. I'm telling you, 
Uh, that stings every time. Uh, Howie, <laughs> will you like, will you go on? Listen, uh, I got to deal with one thing right now. I've gotten a couple uh, DMs and they're like, what do I do with IBM? Because I was a big IBM holder. I have been for the last seven years. Uh, guys, IBM, sell it, get rid of it. Uh, it, it it's, a, it's a company that I own for quite a while. They have internal issues right now. Yeah, they, they're uh, Nazis. They basically I got some work good with information. Nazis. It's at 125. Uh, you know, we didn't lose a lot on it. It was at 130, 132. Just sell it. Get rid of IBM. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a positive company going forward. I, I re- they, they have a lot of problems. So I wanted to get that right off the bat. Now, plays for next week. Guys, I want you to keep your eyes on FSR, Fisker. Fisker's a company that I bought at 18. I sold it at 28. Uh, all the readers were involved. We made good money. Stocks at 1632. It just bumped, ab- it literally closed above the high of 1579. And it looks like this thing is headed towards 20. Um, either buy the stock hold on for a nice 20, 25% gain or go out and buy the December 18s, 1950 option calls. Uh, There's been a lot of calls bought on this company in the last uh, week. I really like FSR. I want you to watch it. It's uh, I think you make a few points on it. Love it. All right. All right. All right. Uh, So, my picks are, guys, my picks are basically more Shiba Inu. And if, uh, you know, I'm going to go old school, bro. I'm going to go old school with you right now. I say, dude, take a little bit of your profits. Start stacking up some Bitcoin. Start stacking up some Ethereum. You know, we can go deep into cool coin and start buying uh fucking... Chinese tokens and stuff, and that's great. I had really censor myself right there, so I'll, so you didn't have to do more work, Evan. Uh, we could do that. That's great. But don't be afraid to go with the classics, which is Ethereum and, and your your Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin. Now, I think there's also going to start being runs on uh, some of these metaverse coins where people are going to start th- seeing that people are going to start moving into the metaverse and uh, the coins are going to use. We still haven't heard what coin that that um, uh, Facebook's going to use, but we know that mana is in decentralized land. There's other forms of this virtual world coming out and they're all going to have their own coin so look out for those hey chris knapp uh what was that i mean excuse me bizarro sam was that website you told me to go on that has lists all the coins oh a coin market cap dog the one we always use yeah go check out about market cap you know i mean i do my investing on feel because <laughs> i am i am a psychic Okay, little Evan does more of the technical stuff, but there are stuff out there. But don't be afraid to look into your classics, Bitcoin, your Ethereum, 
and then also start looking at those those metaverse and i think mana could have another run in it that's just me i could be wrong yeah people are saying five and kucoin actually has a metaverse section on their website <laughs> oh snaps so get in it dog yeah. look at that metaverse stuff so that's it guys i, I like the, great i like the fact you're pushing ethereum bitcoin because at this price god damn it man i don't care if it drops i i think bitcoin's probably a hell of a buy right now yeah and listen don't look at like oh bitcoin 60 grand i got buy. Uh, no buy good chunks buy. man it's buy a good buy right now. i agree i agree with chunks. you it's gonna explode after this all, all and if you look if you got guys if you look at gbtc the the grayscale of bitcoin which fucking is probably 75 percent uh <laughs> neff neff you're uh you're in that other stock with my boy down here in new york right down the street um I think that thing, don't be surprised if Bitcoin's at 80 or 100 in six months. Seriously. Uh, I guess that. I'll take care of uh, Neff's picks since he isn't here. Uh, I thought you did a pick. No, no, I did Sam Tripoli's picks, my oh, picks. Oh, no, 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 dude. No, 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 bro. No, no, no. Uh, I got to no, no, do no. Neff's picks, so I'll go ahead and do them real quick. Uh, Neff got into a couple cat coins over the weekend. Uh, this is serious. He bought girl kill or uh, 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 kill kill cat, girl girl cat. He bought girl cat coin, and then he bought Kate coin, which he believes is going to be the biggest cat coin on the market. And then lastly, uh, he's all in on Matterport MTTR. What's that? Oh, you're good. He's taking uh, he's taking a big <laughs> swinging dick play uh, Monday morning with uh, his friend Limp Jam that I know he plays a lot of poker with. They came together on a, uh, a YOLO play. This is a big time lottery ticket play. They think uh, uh, MTTR has a good chance of getting bought out by Facebook. So they are buying deep out of the money calls on MTTR with uh, December strikes at 30 cents. Ballsy oh. move. Ballsy it's, uh, move. it's a super ballsy move if it happens. You will never see him on the podcast again because he will be insanely fucking rich. Now, is he saying put your portfolio into this? No, dog, he's not. What he's saying is, did you make a bunch of money on Matterport last week? Yeah, you did. So take a chunk and buy those out of the money calls with the December strikes. They only go up to 35 or 40 bucks. They're 30 cents a share. Wait and see what happens at the bell. If Matterport's sitting right where it is, Buy a chunk, buy a $300 YOLO option. If that happens, you're going to make 40X your money. Is it risky? Fuck yes, it is. Do you have balls? Fuck yeah, you do. Is it time to swing your dick? Fuck yeah, you do. You only live once. Neff has a point. If this fucking thing opens up tomorrow, which I don't know if it will, but this is the key. If this thing opens up above 23 to 24, he's right. You better get on board. If it doesn't, if it retracts, just chill. But he's got a good point. Uh, Neff believes fair market value buyout would be about 40 bucks a share. So uh, that's the top of the options chain. Do not buy the Novembers. He knows Zuckerberg is impulsive. Six billion for Zuckerberg is a drop in the fucking bucket. So if you want to make a little money on a super risky play, go for it. Hell yeah. I like it. I like it. Guys, I thought today was a 
insanely great episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm sure uh, Howie owes his friend an apology. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think it was great. Guys, if you love the show, please, please give us five-star reviews. And if you bake fatties, bro, let us know, man, because it helps helps us promote the show. Our friend Robin works really hard on helping us promote. And uh, this show is going to be huge. I really do believe it. I think it's going to blow up. And I, the, make, the best way to make that happen, because the bigger the show gets, the better the guests get. And I think we've been on a nice run. So, guys, before we give Evan the final word. Oh, real quick. See, uh, okay, Neff and I are going to be in Boise and Salt Lake, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So tickets are selling quickly, so grab them now. And that's anything else, guys, before Evan hey, uh, Yeah, there is a uh, poll out right now for whoever had the best costume on today's show. Make sure and answer that poll, and then uh, have a great training week. E, take us out. Shout out Mike White. Yeah! Shut up!